before we get started, my name is Peter Lowe, so I'm chairing the session about how the Oregon Gate is in charge of the speaking, and he's got this little question there that we're going to have to deal with. Just before we get started, let me say a little bit about this book that's on the bookstore. Sue Jones, former minister, retired minister of Sandwich and Wellington has produced a series of books on um, various issues that people face in the church. And this one, which I've written a combination of it on the, on the back cover, uh, We're All Equally Human, is a conversation in a coffee shop between a young lesbian and the minister as they work through the issues of understanding the place of LGBT people in the church. And we were going to have a book launch for it, but unfortunately, uh, Susan is unwell and couldn't make it to the conference. $25. On the bookstore, you can see, you can, you can in fact, pay by internet uh, and, and purchase for and others of the books that are there from one on liturgy. Um, so, do have a look at those. If you've only got cash, Come and see me, and I will give it, um, and you'll be able to come. And I love this. I think it's an excellent book. And at a relatively simple, straightforward level, good to give people who are kind of pondering those issues. Come and board, they're just sitting out there. And um, we're really looking forward to Theology 101. Where we're at, Theology 101. Over to you, Thomas. Oh, where are we at? Well, hi everyone. It's so weird hearing my voice. Yeah. Would it be better without me? I don't think it's really place in modern theology for dogma. Right. Okay. I mean, that's. I was going to get to that. Thank you. I said when I preached yesterday, I said to everyone, please tackle me because I draw off the energy. James was the only person who did it. That's why I appreciate it so much. Thank you. That's great. Um, so with this workshop, um, I think Peter was uh, emailing me, he was like, what's the outline? Do you have any slides? And I, I teach Bible study groups. I see it in my chat with people, and it's oh, much more interactive. Um, and so I, I, if you don't know anyone in the room, Sometimes pair people up in twos or threes, sometimes maybe splitting into groups of maybe about five, like there's probably four groups of five, and then sometimes come back to the main thing. And it's all around this perspective of exercise. Um, the first mentor that I had back in 2006, when um, I had my first ministry placement, was Ken Martin. He wrote a curriculum called Creating a Life That Matters. And there's something very similar to the first half of this that's called the social location exercise. Just to figure out, you know, really, who you are compared or in relationship to everyone else. And that's not used as a theology or a biblical thing, so I've adapted it for that. But I grew up in a tradition, and maybe some of you will relate, where we would always be talking about what is the correct interpretation of this scripture. And the assumption was every scripture had a meaning. Um, and you have to know that meaning if 
you know the right commentaries, they will tell you the correct meaning. Um, and then after that, you can apply it to your lives, and that's where you can get creative, but in understanding what it means. And another person I should acknowledge is Shane Clifton, was a Pentecostal Bible College teacher in Sydney who actually lost his job and his career because he came out as a Fermi. Um, so people who will do that, I have no limit to respect for people in that position. And the other year I asked him to come and speak at my conference because another thing to know about Shane is he's a paraplegic and he was teaching from his wheelchair. And he did this workshop and he, he sat us all down and he took out the story of the paraplegic man, if you know from the Gospel of Mark, who was lowered through the roof. And he said the first way that I ever interpreted this story was when I was in my 20s and I was a faith healer. And we used to have faith healing rallies, and I was able-bodied at that time, and I used to pray for people to get up out of wheelchairs. <laughs> yeah. And this text, it was absolutely clear to me what it meant. And then I became a paraplegic. <laughs> and, and he then took us through these different interpretations that he's had of that story, one of which was a very angry interpretation, where he said... How dare Jesus assume that what this person needs is to be fixed? And there was a lot of anger in that interpretation, and that was one possibility. And then he found another interpretation, which was the way that Jesus, when he interacts with people who have disabilities in their bodies, he starts by saying to them, what do you want? Do you want to be well? And understanding that, Jesus in healing gave people agency. And he, as a faith healer, had not done that. He had just said, right, wheelchair. I don't care if this person is anxious and depressed. I don't care if they have family trauma. I don't, wheelchair, bad, get out, right? And then understanding that, that disability perspective, I would never be able to read that story this way. And what I've loved about the messaging of this conference so far has been all of the different ways that a perspective that you, you don't expect comes to a text and all of a sudden it comes alive. Uh, when I was saying, you know, I was taught as a little kid that Abraham and Sarah were given their names. Uh, but Austin Hartke, as a trans man, taught me what it really meant. That perspective gave light to it. And one of the things that I'm really passionate about is queer reading of the Bible, which is learning how to read the Bible from a perspective, from a queer perspective, um, which people in this room may have different angles. You know, you might bring a queer reading to the text that might be colored by your own experience of sexuality and gender and church politics and all those things that we get engaged in. Is that like um, uh, Jonathan and David? Um, Naomi and Ruth? There are queer readings of that. There are queer readings of that as well. Yeah, that's, um, that's a good example, is queer people have read those stories and said, mm, I'm seeing something here that other people haven't seen. Right? We, we get to see it that way. But what I want to begin with is get us to have a little bit of silent reflection time where you just think about what is my perspective. And so this... Oh, could you, yep, you hand those around? I really just want you, um, and I don't even know if there are pens, <laughs> um, but 
do this either mentally or, or with pens if you have a pen. Um, really just the short answers on the first page. Write down to you say anything about your perspective that you would like to add. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you time to fill that out. Once you fill it out, look for someone, one or two people, that this is meant to be a very intimate thing. Um, and I, I would guess probably not your best friend. And introduce yourself to them, sharing your perspective with them. Um, but to begin with, just by yourself, um, filling this out, write down to is there anything you would like to add. We should send it to the census committee, just mail it in.
Yes, it's a hundred GC. Since you ask. <laughs> You're used to 80 GSC. Okay. It's stronger. Yeah. yeah. So, um, if anybody well, is, is sorry, if, if anybody is kind of getting kind of done, what I'm going to encourage us to do is maybe find one or two people um, in a little intimate circle and just introduce your perspective and explain who you are. It's, everything is voluntary today, so if you feel super awkward about that, you don't have to do it. Would you be all comfortable without the mic? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm sorry. That, that would, okay, good. Because we're getting an echo. Yeah. yeah. There's some nice front seats for people who... <laughs> is the session recorded? It is being recorded okay. even as we speak, but we don't need the mic oh, to record. Great questions. Great questions. And these are done Profound but easy. Do remember there's a second side to <laughs> oh, just yes. harder. That's like the science exam. There was the person <laughs> didn't see the back page. Yeah, this this is the short answers that we're doing now. Yep. So share the short answers in the in the smaller oh, not, not the second side. Yeah, that's we'll do that later. Okay. <laughs> yes. 
Right. So, I mean, you said, yep, male, cisgender, no, no, no kids, um, married, well, certainly, no kind of disabilities. Originally, brethren, Anglican and Baptist, these days, been excommunicated from brethren. <laughs> Uh, and well, churches and various communities for women of very, very remote part of New Zealand in a rural area, very area, somewhere. Part of lived quite a bit of time in New Zealand. etc. Rural middle class cities. Well, in the rural town, I was yeah. <laughs> yes, but from a family family. Yeah. Uh, okay. And a large family. Uh, and four brothers, mm. which affects my family. Okay, there we go. I'm an English Australian, um, couple gay, usually perceived as male. Um, no, it's not really on the continent one way or another. Yeah. Um, no disabilities or chronic health conditions. Pentecostal and MCC. One excluded me, the other unlikely. Who did you get to MCC? 2000. Yeah, like 2000. Yeah. Um, I was born, raised, lived in rural and suburban Sydney. Um, cultures I lived in were Western and Aussie. Um, education level is graduate. Family of origins, middle class, healthy. I'm the second of two kids. Very good. Excellent. The other one is female. Yeah, your your sibling. Oh yeah, older brother. Yes. Yeah. And you have I see some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All teachers. Oh no 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 no! This is the race. I think I thought it's easier to tell the radio. dark forms. So I can go. Everything's a learning. It won't be the end of the world. Which page? The front page? This is very good quality paper. It's like photographic. So, we printed these out. We do a lot of them. Inspired by social location. Free window. See if there's any left at the end. You go first. I'm sick of this. Oh, 
exercise was a bit of a journey of self-discovery um, in a way because I've never like if people ask me what my perspective is I'm like yeah I'm queer that's the interesting thing I'm queer and then I'm like oh wait I come from like a middle-class suburban white family in Australia that, I, that's no fun <laughs> and suddenly like there's a whole bunch of other perspectives that I need to listen to so does anyone just want to share with the main group one thing that you found super interesting or surprising about your perspective or something that you think would be more unique in this setting um, than, than maybe what we're typically hearing? 
Decide what's interesting about you. Um, don't tell other people what's interesting. <laughs> what I found interesting about you. <laughs> Like we could might maybe totally. say this is an ecumenical perspective, yeah. um, or even something like you could say I'm a um, itinerant, <laughs> denominationally itinerant. Yeah. 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 That's interesting, yeah. and you know I I think that fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, but we hear. Oh, this is the this is the Catholic interpretation of this. Yeah. This is Baptists understand this passage to mean they go all the way under, right? There's, but what is a non-denominational perspective on a Bible passage? That to me, that's an interesting question. Yeah, totally. I think um, I think for me is like um, you know, you know, I myself a Christian now, and but it's about my relationship. something really there's interesting something interesting about someone who is almost entering a church as a little bit of an outsider I don't know if that's that word works for you or not but you're kind of coming back in and you feel like a bit of a a newcomer in this space Um, that's really interesting to me it's it's true yeah yeah Would you prefer we use the microphone? For the audience. Yeah. If if I see confused faces, I'll repeat what the person has said. But I'm not seeing any confused faces. I think you are confused. It's here for quiet places. Because I think in lots of ways, we there's some parts of us that we choose, and there's some parts of us that we inherit, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's pretty important to to work out which is which. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I mean, I think, like for me, that I just am who I am. Like I wake up and I look in the mirror and I'm Carl, and why do I need all these labels? Um, but then, this is a, a white suburban Australian reading of scripture, and that dominates. And it's assumed that it's the only perspective. So when I name that, when I say, this is my white Aussie reading, I'm acknowledging the fact that I only have one perspective. And so there's, that's, I think that's an important kind of just being humble in the way that we read a text. Because, like, what, what I'm hearing in your journey is a lot of survivor, right? Um, lived through, like, mixed orientation, marriage, if I can use that, yep. that terminology. Lots of people in this space will be a survivor of something or other. Mm-hmm. And then you come across a story like, this guy prevailed with God and had a limp for the rest of his life. I know that limp. I know that limp. Like, we see it and we understand it because we've lived it. Um, and so that's that's so important. Thank you. But that's a particular um, favourite story. Um, so which this kind of leads me into the next few questions. Uh, so because of my perspective, this should come out of what you've just written down. What are the stories and characters and themes in Scripture that are important to you or you identify with? Um, that's a great one. And what are the stories, characters, and themes that you find difficult? Maybe let's just look at those two questions. And I'd like to break us up into four groups of about five or six people each. Probably one, two, three, four. Um, and to mix it up a bit, maybe if we cut it, I don't know, like cutting a cake instead of onion rings. <laughs> so if you're, on the, if you're on the front row, you'll need to uh, give it. <laughs> Redistribute.
Excellent. Um, yeah, sure. Um, around people who read his stories in the Bible, characters in the Bible, that become kind of identified like Quite a common one was Tom, Doubting Tom. And I think um, Doubting Tom is such an interesting um, word or phrase to use because he just questioned things and he didn't just take them face value and he actually um, kind of delved in and figured out what he And actually, when he believed it, he believed it wholeheartedly. And I think, um, yeah, I think I like the people for a little bit identified, identified with that struggle of Tom. Yeah. Yeah. How is it linked to your perspective? Ooh. This is work. <laughs> I think as a um as a vision part of the queer community, I think reading the Bible with a certain Current cultural narrative, I think, can be quite condemning, um, and I think can make you your relationship with God quite unhealthy. Yeah. It's all Christianity, um, and I think, um, yeah, I guess that 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 deconstruction you have to do, or that questioning, um, or that doubting, um, um, creates. Yeah, this is what's really Thank you. 
and, and just sharing, you know, on that level. Um, my, when I read about the woman who is hemorrhaging or bleeding and she uh, touches the hem of Jesus' garment and he recognises that and he, and what I learned from that is her faith, her belief, actually healed her. It didn't matter, you know, that Jesus addressed and touched her and healed her directly. And the other one was a Roman centurion whose um, servant was sick and he says to Jesus, can you come? to my home and heal him and or Jesus said shall I come but what really happens is the centurion says um, because you've said it I believe that he would would be here and of course in the Catholic Church at communion time we always say you know that passage from the Bible because here is someone who has not met Jesus just heard of him but believes so strongly Jesus mentioned how strong that faith is. What I've aligned it to is that sometimes I go out looking for something huge that will give me faith, but actually it's happening all the time. Mm. We just have to believe that Jesus yeah. is um, our saviour. Talk yeah. a little more. Well, Jesus is our saviour. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, can you connect that to something in your perspective? Okay. Oh, yes. Well, I've always um, mistrusted do I believe some days and some days I do? Yeah. And then when I interact with others who question, you know, the whole resurrection and things like that, mm. and I go backwards and forwards. Okay. But right now, I'm fully committed to yeah. Jesus being my saviour and redeemer. And, yeah. and it's firming up right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Spread the word. Spread the word. So you, you feel like your relationship to Christianity has been... Like sometimes it's it's wandering, right? It's back, this is back and forth, mm-hmm. and so these characters in scripture who kind of come to Jesus nervously, or maybe just touch the clothes from a different place—that's really similar to where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good event <laughs> because I don't think I can face Jesus directly, you know. But anyway, yeah, I don't think I can. yeah. nobody's perspective is that right. Okay. <laughs> No questions, dumb question. No questions, dumb question, no perspective is that. That actually leads to, and the next thing we're going to ask is what questions do your perspectives make you want to ask? But did, did anyone want to share something? I know I was sitting in this room and there were some beautiful things that came out yeah, and, um, from all of you. So if anyone wanted to, to say something or share about what you shared. True. Um, yeah. Okay, thank you. No, that's okay. It's not compulsory. Did anyone in this room want to share something? Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> We've been challenged. Yeah, those are the passages that you identified with once you came to the Oh, nice. Okay, well, that's also part of the next discussion. So, yeah, so see how that 
relates to what you said before about a non-denominational yeah. perspective. Like, not belonging to a tradition because that kind of prescriptive boxes, strict yeah. categories, that stuff, it doesn't fit. So there's a fluidity in the way that you're reading, and a fluidity in rather than tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Well, acceptance. What? There is thought by God to actually accept us. He will think through his against to accept us. Why, why would he have to do that? Why would it just be... Automatic acceptance. Yeah. I'm born, acceptance. There should not be discussion or acceptance at all. Yeah. I don't like that word. Uh, okay. I yeah. find it very Because acceptance implies to you that somebody needs to Consider like, make you. that decision. Why would they need to do that? Yeah. Like, why, why is it even being questioned to begin with? That's yeah. it. I get that. I get that. So we're going to go back into the groups again and now talk about. Um, what, the are the, what are the questions you bring to scripture? What emotions do you react with? Uh, and I may include a third question as well. What spiritual experiences have you valued?
where Jesus was, um, just before he crucified, he was at the table with all these men and they're all feasted. And um, Mary comes down to wash his feet and pour them out and, and the men just carry on. Uh, and Jesus stops them and says, uh, don't you see her? Mm. And just that redirection towards those on the margins, those um, others' experience, not their own at that table of privilege. Mm. 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 That's something to me. Question in our story Do you see this woman? Yeah. Right? What she is doing. That could be a theme text for, for everything we're talking about today. Do you see this person? Because so often in stories, there are people who are invisible in those stories. Or you'll see a story on the news, right? And what's reported on is what all these powerful white dudes are doing in the situation. You know, what's going on between um, Putin and the, the president of Ukraine, right? It's, it's really important. I'm not hearing a lot about the women of Russia and Ukraine. I, I don't hear that. Yeah. Um, Lock them up. In, <laughs> Lock them up. <laughs> in, um, in some sources, you know, I'm hearing about the impact that this is happening on queer populations in Eastern Europe. So that's being reported on, but not in the mainstream news. You have to go to the queer news sources where do you see this queer person? Do you see... That question that Jesus asks in that situation, you know, it's it turns everything around. And it's about that question of perspective. So this is what's important to me. Um, what are your questions? What are your reactions? What are your experiences, your priorities, your beliefs, and your practices? What, what are yours? And if anyone wanted to just share one um, of your answers to these questions... Because we only have a few minutes left and we'll wrap up, but I'd love to hear some more. I just can't not talk. So, seven deadly sinners. Temperance kind of describes it all. Don't be too proud, don't be too wrathful, don't be too platinous. Lazy, don't, don't, don't be too jealous. Mm. Even though all these be sins, yeah. Did, did uh, maybe Jesus escaped all sins? Yeah. Did he? He, he, he didn't sin. Mm-hmm. He was perfect. Did he sin? Yeah. yeah. Look, it's, we, we often come to the fruits of syrup and say this is these are important values. Um, and it keeps us away from this kind of rule-obeying, like, what am I allowed to do, what am I not allowed to do, Christianity. And you know, the tradition of the dead is a negative side to that. But those are, they're not rules. They're not like, don't touch this, don't be this. It's talking about pride, it's talking about greed, it's actually looking at, looking at values. And it's, I think that's an important um, thing for queer people to be able to say. Oh, all, um, uh, no, we might do one per person for this okay. section. Anyone else? <laughs> uh, I think for me, Carl, just the, 
And then we can come back to a place of simplicity as well. And remember that that's always available to us. Can I? You that's can. exactly what's happened to me. Yeah. Due to somebody sharing their truth with us, I have less fear of hell. Yeah. I, I begin to see, you know, where in that explanation how the word arose and what it's associated with. Yeah. And however, uh, we're taught something different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, I get it that um, people's truth. Can actually resonate with me yeah. and actually provide, you know, just a greater understanding and acceptance of some of the messages yeah. in the Bible. And it's happening here. Yeah, absolutely. What, one thing that comes up a lot as a perspective, and I heard it today as well, was um, the theology of hell comes up a lot for queer people, you know, because we're the ones that were frightened with it, well, like threatened <laughs> with it, threatened with it. Sorry. Can I say? Um, very shortly. Acceptance and I'm But in Christian law, there's an offer, there's an acceptance. Yeah. So how does that work? When we offer God us and he accepts. Oh, that's right. They used to do the sacrificing of the lambs on that the barbecue. Okay, okay we're, we're just going to keep moving around for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure everyone gets a turn. <laughs> um, did anyone else want something to share? Pick up, guys. Oh, Marion's going to speak. Marion, what's the microphone? I don't know, can you hear me or not? We can't hear you. For me, I need to relook at my spiritual practices, having moved out of Christchurch, having moved out of everything familiar, having to find a new church. Um, there's certainly no, uh, as far as I know, accepting churches in Hong Kong. Because of my health, I no longer have the energy to put myself out there and um, make new connections. I just don't have it in me. So I very 
very seldom go to church. So I had to look at how am I going to keep my relationship with God um, healthy and, and strong. So I've discovered um, a daily audio Bible by Brian Harden, who um, we have, it takes me half an hour, um, Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms, Proverbs, and most days he will then, with the scripture that we've been reading from whatever part that stands out to him, I guess, he will speak about how to relate that to our lives now, today, and what it's saying. Now, yes, it's his perspective, but for me, it gives me a little bit of teaching. Um, he always finishes with prayer. I start my day that way, and I feel like I've got God with me for the day, and um, that's keep my faith alive. Yeah. Yeah. Don't stop. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll just, I think to, to wrap this up, I just want to acknowledge what you said, that there's a church teaching that goes back a long time, which makes regular church attendance a law. Um, and queer people live with church trauma a lot of times. And so saying that people... Oh, you should be here every week. You know, it's <laughs> as much as we love it when we're in a church community and we get to be there with people every week, and we and we love that when it happens. Um, there's a queer perspective on that, and that is, you know, what sometimes you know we were saying this in this conference as well. Sometimes people walk in and worship music um, reminds you of this is what they used to use to you know to try and cast demons out of me. And it brings me straight back to to that place and all the fear and all the pain. Maybe it's more healthy for me to sit at home and find my own way of doing that. And that can be okay as a queer spiritual practice too. Okay, so I'm sure, I don't know what the time is, but we probably just, we're just done. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for us as a group. Um, and then we can, I think lunch is next. Create a spirit, source of all that is and all that will be. We bring before you right now and we offer to you our perspectives and the way that you have intentionally created the human race with glorious diversity, uh, fearfully and wonderfully made in your image and with seven billion perspectives on you, every single one of which amplifies some part of your glory that we wouldn't know about otherwise. And so, God, I just pray for these perspectives, the fears and the reactions, the emotions, the anger and the trauma and the joy and the discovery and the, the strength and the power that they bring to us. We, we bring them before you. We ask that you will, you will transform them. We're like the woman at Jesus' feet breaking open the perfume bottle of our perspective, our uniqueness, Amen. pouring it out before you. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So thank you, thank you. for coming to the seminar, Carl. But thank you to you, because you were at the point of the seminar this year. Theology 101 is the place where we began. And, and we begin. So, so have confidence. Have confidence 
in where you've got us to start with us. Yes, it's good confidence. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Karen. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Come.